The Secrets of Star Trek is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek, Episode 63. Captain DeBridge, Spock here. Make it so. Surrender is not an option. Attention crew of the Enterprise, this is James Kirk. We are all explorers, driven to know what's over the horizon, what's beyond our own shores. We would have helped you get home if you had asked. That's who Starfleet is. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek, where we discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings found in all the Star Trek TV series movies, and more. And today we're discussing the Enterprise episode, Unexpected. What? That one? I didn't realize. That was an unexpected surprise, guys. Surprise, it's unexpected. (laughs) Joining me today on the panel are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going, Dom? Uh, Very well. And Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. Uh, Folks, I want to encourage you to please share the podcast with your friends, your even if you have friends who are not uh, uh, fans of Star Trek, you should share it with them anyway. They should be friends of Star Trek. Everyone should <laughs> like Star Trek. Uh, but but uh, seriously, if you could share the podcast with, with your Trekkie friends and share it online and that sort of thing, uh, it really helps us a lot. It's the only way we grow our audience is when you recommend it to other people and you share it with others. And, and we really do appreciate what our audience has grown as large as it has because of that. And uh, we ask you to keep doing that. We, we really do appreciate it. So today we're talking about, uh, well, well, first I want to mention, actually, before we get into today's episode, that um, we actually had a, a special episode of uh, Secrets of Star Trek that we recorded a few weeks ago as you're listening to this, that mm-hmm. we posted on our Patreon page. As you, you, you hear us talk about Patreon, and that's the way we support doing the podcast and support the, uh, the StarQuest network. And we like to make things, uh, special things available for patrons to thank them for their financial support. And one of the things we we did recently was a special discussion with the three of us on the new Picard and Short Treks trailers for those new, the mm-hmm. Picard series and the Short Treks that are coming up uh, that we did. The, the trailers that were released at Comic-Con, we had a great discussion. We had a lot of fun talking about both of those. Uh, it, it's a short episode, but we released that for our Patreon patrons. Uh, at patreon.com slash starquest. So if you ever want to check it out, you think you might be interested in in supporting us financially, uh, I know you wouldn't you, you would do it because it's something you want to support the show, but also there's all these perks that we want to make available as well. And we have a number of different perks and things from different shows that we do, not just Secrets of Star Trek, but other shows from the network that we also have some special perks related to. So yeah. And one of the nice things is when you become a patron, you get access not only to uh, the perks for this show, but for the perks mm-hmm. for all the shows and not just current ones. You get them going all the way back to the beginning. So yes. if you're listening to this later and you go, "Ooh, I'm interested in the Picard series. I want to know more about that. Well, even if you're listening delayed, that's fine. Just uh, become a patron and you'll have access to all of our back bonuses, including that one. Right. In fact, it's even a you even get a special RSS feed just for you that you can put in your podcaster software that will automatically download any special features that we post on Patreon. So uh, check it out if, you, if you're if you interested, and we really would appreciate your support in that through Patreon. 
All right. And uh, by appreciate, we mean need. Because we <laughs> exactly. have to get to break even on the network yes. or we're not going to be able to continue the way we are. Right. That is that is the 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 the, the fact that uh, we, we're not breaking even in our expenses and we have to break even or we we go away. Yep. I mean, that's just you, know, you can't can't exist if you don't pay your bills. So uh, we, we do appreciate that. All right. Unexpected is the uh, Enterprise episode we're talking about. It, it was uh, debuted or aired in October of 2001. So first season still. And the right basic... after 9-11, that was kind of unexpected, too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, in fact, this was among the first we've talked about this before. Among the first things that you could watch on TV when we we turned from wall to wall coverage of 9-11 was mm-hmm. uh, Enterprise. So that uh, it, and it was it was kind of reassuring at that yep. time to have this optimistic vision of the future where people are getting along and a bit of a relief. And, it, you know, yep. had a kind yep. of a therapeutic effect at the time. Exactly. The kind of the, on that tangent, the very first thing I watched that wasn't uh, news coverage after like it was like a week and a half or two weeks after 9-11 was an episode of The Simpsons. I, I, I never laughed at The Simpsons so much as I did at that episode because I just needed a laugh. And and Enterprises was like that, too. It just it's a hopeful vision of the future and uh, sure. such a relief. So Star Trek does provide that uh, that hopeful vision. And that's one of the reasons I love it. Yeah. On on the other hand, when I started taking notes for this episode, at the very beginning, <laughs> I wrote, sigh, the trip, get, the trip gets pregnant show. Yep. Yes. But there are some positive elements to this. There are some positive elements to trip getting pregnant uh, on this. But uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that. I, I do want to bring that out as we talk about the episode. What we do start with uh, is some skin on this uh, Enterprise. Enterprise uh, did go <laughs> a little. In, not in the way you'd expect. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not to Paul in the decontamination chamber again. This time it's Archer who gets to show some skin. So Scott Bakula floating. Uh, he's in the shower. Uh, we, we see a shower on board. Someone using a like shower. Like an actual shower, not like a sonic shower like you've seen in Voyager, but an actual right. water or, shower. Or, or motion yeah. Star Trek, the motion picture. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So this is a, yeah, he's taking a shower. And they lose the gravity plating on his deck in his quarters, and he's floating uh, around in the shower with the water, very accurately depicted of how mm-hmm. water behaves in weightlessness, because we've mm-hmm. seen that on the space station. So, and then, uh, th- then the power comes back suddenly, and oh, that hurts! That hurts. Wham! Yeah. It's not just the, the water that falls hard. Yeah. Archer does too. It's like, dude, you yeah. could have been seriously injured by that. That looks like it hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it and like nice bruise on your hip there, buddy. So what happened to your astronaut training? I mean, when you lose gravity, immediately grab onto something because the, you want the gravity to come back and you don't want to be in midair when that happens. <laughs> right, exactly. He should have been pushing himself to the floor. So um, meanwhile, we get the, and we find out that there's been a lot of uh, uh, malfunctions around the ship. Things, things aren't working correctly. We get a scene of flocks and T'Pol in the mess hall uh, talking about how T'Pol won't eat human food. Uh, she says it's difficult enough to smell all this. Eating it is out of the question. So we get that, that Vulcan sensitivity. And mm-hmm. it's also that we, we're, we're kind of getting that sense of how the Paul just doesn't fit in. You know, Flox yeah. works to fit in as the alien on the crew, but to Paul just keeps herself set apart. Yeah. Flox is an explorer in a social sense, whereas to Paul is not. Extrovert yep. versus introvert. The Vulcans yeah. are classic introvert <laughs> so she orders carbonated water from yes. the uh uh from the dispenser, dispenser. and yeah. and i like how she says water carbonated 
And I'm so glad they used the American way of ordering that, uh, you know, saying I want carbonated water. Because what they say in Europe is I want agua con gas. Yeah. yeah. And it just sounds awful. There's, I want water with gas. Really? Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. That, yeah. That was in a, a Poland when we were over there for World Youth Day. They'd always say gas or no gas. Gas, no gas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I prefer not to have gas, but thank you. Uh, yeah. in, in Italy, it's a con gaza, no gaza. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. so they find but out she gets sludge instead of carbonated <laughs> water. She yeah. doesn't get car. Yeah. She gets carbon with water. <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Yeah, like. Exactly. Uh, they, they, they go through the, the, a lot of things and they find out on the bridge that their plasma exhaust flow out of the engines or something is being restricted, which is causing problems. And it turns out there's a cloaked ship. And, and just, this makes no sense. Yeah, Someone's messing with your exhaust pipe and it, 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 it causes cascade failures throughout the car. Well, you know, I, hate it. I hate it when my exhaust pipe gets stuck and, you know, now my radio isn't working. Yeah, <laughs> that's not what happens. It's not, it's not how it works. I'm not going to fall for the banana on the tailpipe. Uh, so uh, That's a Beverly Hills cop reference. Uh, yeah. So uh, they, they they find out it's this cloaked ship tailing the Enterprise uh, and they're the, this, the aliens engines are damaged and they're somehow their close proximity is helping them replenish their plasma Stuff. coils gobbledygook uh you know a lot of uh techno babble uh, oh and 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 the way they learn all this is hoshi starts talking to them on the radio because the exhaust pipe is interfering with video reception right and so she starts talking to them on the radio and uh they she uses the universal translator and the first thing we hear is some line of alien dialogue and we hear the line of alien alien dialogue repeated like four times so the right. person is saying the same thing over and over right and um and somehow despite the same thing being repeated over and over the translator starts to figure it out mm-hmm. um and within within mere moments it's translating complete sentences including phrases like terraphasic warp coils. <laughs> and this is not how translation works. No. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the only thing I can assume is the translator already knew this entire language and, and just had like really slow retrieval rates from the memory banks Yeah, because exactly. there's no way. I mean, if I just, if I just said to you, um, uh, mi casa es su casa four times in a row and you didn't know what any of those words mean, you would not start to no. learn what mi casa es su casa means. Never mind learns nuclear physics in Spanish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, we cut to a sick bay where apparently there's a lot has happened since now they've decided to send Trip Tucker over to the alien ship to help with repairs. Uh, and. Because he'll need to go through decompression three hours each way uh, because their atmosphere is so different, he has to stay over there until the job is done. Um, and I, I have to give them props for this. They yeah. they do a good mm-hmm. job thinking through how everything at this time would be more primitive and more difficult than in the time of well, the original series and next and, gen. And you've got the sense, too, is how many times do they go over to a strange ship and the oxygen is exactly like Earth yeah, on the exactly. strange ship? Maybe a little right. bit more nitrogen, a little bit more oxygen, but otherwise it's exactly the same. And here's well, a ship where it's breathable by humans, but it will have some effect until the human body gets used to it. Right. 
I, and I think it's more than the atmosphere. They also talk about the sound and the light. It's an yeah. experience humans just aren't used to. And right. so it's that's part of the decompression process. It's not just atmospheric. Yeah. Um, they're, and they are also like towards the end of the process, they're giving trip visual tests to see if his wetware is going to be able to handle the, the, the noise and the light that he's going to encounter in their ship. And right. this is this is good. I like this. This is nice. And then when we finally see the interior of the alien ship, it is nicely weird. It is weirder than anything we've seen since like the original series. This ship is kind of like what the original series would have done with an alien ship if it had the money. Right, right. You know, the, their food grows on the wall. I mean, we have alien aliens, and that's what I really like here is they mm -hmm. are really alien. Uh, and uh, I. I get the sense that like they kind of tell like, oh, uh, Phlox gives him this injection. He says, oh, that'll shorten the decompression process by half, which implies that by the time of TOS and TNG and Discovery, apparently, yeah, of course, yeah, uh, they they will have improved their medical system that allows them so that when they're beaming over, maybe the transporter automatically compensates their body or something along those lines. You know, you can figure something out like that. Yeah. But it kind of but it, it hasn't yet. And that's I like that. I do like that. What what I don't like is why can't the aliens fix their own ship? I mean, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what is a human engineer from a barely warp capable civilization going to be able to contribute to this so alien it would ordinarily take six hours to be able to stand their environment? Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it, it, I understand in the 24th century, human Starfleet engineers may be the cat's pajamas, but. These guys have only just built a warp five drive. They don't have cloaking technology. They don't know. This is supposed to be a completely alien ship. What is Trip supposed to be able to do here that they can't do for themselves? Oh, he is Trip Tucker. He's the he's the, he's uh, the, the ancestor of Scotty. I mean, he's gonna. I mean, well, be... it's the, it's the same thing if if you've trained on Ford Ford cars that you should be able to look at a you know a Russian made vehicle or a or Chinese a made engine. vehicle and <laughs> kick it all right up. No, it's yeah. not. Yeah. It's totally different. Uh, I do like how T'Pol advises Tucker to be diplomatic about how the food tastes over there, yeah. the ship, which is ironic <laughs> given her complaining about the human yep. food. Yeah. So well, that in this episode, at least, she's only complaining to a fellow non-human. Well, right, right. But she has complained being, uh, in the she's past. She's been being diplomatic in this episode to the humans about their awful, stinky food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and then once uh, Tucker's in the decompression, the airlock that he's in fills with this gas that burns his lungs and you have the aliens tell him to breathe normally, and it it kind of has this this air of the excuse the pun uh, of the scary unknown. You know, he's got mm -hmm. to overcome his fear and embrace it. Uh, then once he's inside, he's all kinds of like having a bad bad acid trip. He's of. having a trip, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Trip is having a trip. He's like uh, he's all kinds of logy, having trouble concentrating with all the noise and weird lights. And of course, he refuses to eat or eat something like they advise him to, and has really uh, a lot of trouble or, in or rest. He'll rest. Yep. And then so uh, uh, Archer has to order him to take a nap, which because hmm. we all know hmm. naps fix everything. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Trip is like childish, childishly resisting the nap. So I was wondering, yeah. Dom, if for you as a parent, how how much does this ring true to your experience of having oh, yeah. to order resisting children to take naps? Yeah. You will feel better. Trust me. <laughs> just lay down yeah. and close your eyes. Just, just for an tired. hour. You'll be fine. You won't miss anything. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, also, I'm not tired. <laughs> <laughs>
This is Dom Bettinelli, CEO of the StarQuest Production Network, with a special message seeking your support. StarQuest needs your help. Over the past year, we've grown by leaps and bounds. Every month, we produce dozens of shows covering numerous topics and all explore the intersection of faith and pop culture, which is the core of our mission. Some, like Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World, are among the most popular shows StarQuest has ever produced in all its 13-year history, and our newest shows, like American Catholic History, are catching fire with new audiences. We're fulfilling our mission of evangelization in a whole new way, but that success is in danger. We must reach the financial break-even point if we're going to continue. Creating, editing, producing, distributing, and promoting a dozen shows have caused our expenses to rise, and we are no longer making ends meet. We're rapidly eating through our reserves, and soon they'll be gone, and we'll have to cut back many of our shows. We might even have to shut down altogether. That's why it's crucial we hear from you right now. If you haven't yet become a supporter, please do so now. If you are a supporter, please prayerfully consider increasing your support at this time. Please visit sqpn.com give today and click the Become a Patron button to make your monthly pledge. Or to give a one-time gift, click the Donate button. When you become a patron, you'll have access to exclusive benefits and several special thank you gifts for supporting StarQuest at different levels. The need is urgent, so please go to sqpn.com slash give today. Thank you from all of us at StarQuest, and God bless you. May we hear from you today? Also, Trip apparently like forgot his phone or something when he's <laughs> yeah. in the decompression because he's calling Archer every five minutes to yeah. ask, are we there yet? Are we there yet <laughs> these, on the decompression? These super fancy communication devices don't have a chronometer. A clock. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he doesn't like have a, I mean, come on, guy, bring your phone. I mean, play a game, listen to an audio book, do something to fill up that time. You yeah, don't he have, to have his little spend pad all with him. three hours whining on the intercom to Archer. <laughs> I'm kidding. Archer, I would have just like, do not put him through again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dying. Block his number. So, uh, <laughs> so once he wakes up, uh, he's got the uh, female alien there with him. Uh, what was her name? Alen. Alen. And- Notice it sounds like alien. Yes, Alan mm-hmm. Alien. Uh, and uh, she's ministering to him, uh, you know, uh, uh, taking yeah. care of him. And Feeding him electric jello cubes, which are the closest we could come to water. I'm that's sorry. That's kind of odd. Uh, yeah. Water's kind of basic for my species. If it's not actually water, I don't think I want to be putting it in well, my mouth. Well, how, how hard is it to cut? It's, it's two hydrogen and oxygen. I know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty basic that? things. <laughs> I mean, we're breathing the oxygen right now, so we know you've got oxygen. Uh, hydrogen is is pretty plentiful in the galaxy. The most common element in the universe. <laughs> it's been here since the Big Bang. Mm. Yeah, right. So, and the and a, a humanoid species that doesn't require water. That's yeah, a little hard to believe. That? So she feeds him the the Jello cubes of water, and uh, her touch is she like, sultrily feeds him the Jello cubes. <laughs> yeah, it's a little. It was a little. Uh, a, like I'm a little, a little like awkward. Is, is this PG thirteen yeah. here? What is? This? Um, but her touch is uh, like a pleasant static shock. Apparently, <laughs> it, it's electric. She's literally got an electric touch. <laughs> yes. Uh, then uh, you, it, taking a break from trip, knowing more about their engines than they do, uh, they take a they take a, a visit to the holodeck that they have. Apparently, the, these are the aliens who invented holodecks. Yeah. And uh, it's made of, as she says, resequenced photons. What's a resequenced photon, anyone? Uh, <laughs> I assume it's a photon that has had its sequence changed with oh. respect to other photons. It's been 
recycled. I uh, <laughs> yeah. it's like resequenced proteins. They talk about that with the food, but this is resequenced photons. And then so she tricks Tucker into having alien sex. Sorry, folks. Uh, that she calls a game that they play. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, <laughs> I've heard it described that way in some human circles as well. <laughs> Let's play a game. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, and it's some sort of tele- telepathy game. Which oh yeah, so they've got this kind of they've bowl. got this box or bowl yeah. of these little little crystals, little Randles. clear crystals. Yeah, and you stick your hands in it, and it glows. And it's apparently the telepathic privacy violation and pregnancy game. Yeah, because those are the things that happen in it. You get your privacy telepathically violated and you also get pregnant. Well, and they're three sequence photons, aren't they? Like, how does that work? Apparently they can pretty well. <laughs> pretty well. Yeah. Uh, all right. Okay. I, I mean, I'm, like, I, I, they actually call that part out. Like he thought it was part of the holodeck simulation. And yeah. they apparently were could- real in somehow. So they do call that out later on the episode. But um, by the way, we also learned the name of this race. They're called the Zerillians. Yes. So they get an X and a Y at the front of their alien Ooh. name to make it more alien. They're really alien. Uh, so Tucker returns to the Enterprise. The aliens leave with their engines fixed and the episode ends. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> also, there's lots of clunky dialogue all over this episode. Yes, there is. There is. Um, th- then he's, uh, having lunch with, uh, who is it? Um, Malcolm, Malcolm, right. He's having lunch with Malcolm and finds something on his wrist. Like maybe it's, maybe it's a, 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 Looks a, like a, a blister wart. Yeah, yeah, or a wart. Nope. Turns out it's a nipple on his wrist and he's pregnant. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. And then I, I like the fact that everyone just assumes that he pulled a Kirk and like, yeah. it just got, <laughs> got into a relationship I, with this I, female I, alien. And T'Pol is totally enjoying this. Oh my gosh, I, I like, she's having so much fun. I love the acting that uh, and, that uh, Jolene gets to do. Yeah, because um, she's like, "You were only over there three days, and you could not restrain yourself." Yeah, <laughs> Archer's yeah. reaction is priceless too, and I, I don't know if that's Scott Bakula is such a great actor that he could it can show it or. He was such a bad actor at this point that he just kept breaking scene. They decided, you know what, let's just leave it because it fits. Because oh, it yeah. was intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Because she says something like, you know, now now I, th- I believe it's customary to meet the parents. And you see Archer just turn and start <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> chuckling. So here now, now we have something, though, that I find remarkable from the point of view of 2019. As we record this, this, mm-hmm. this was this TV show is from 2001. So much has changed. In 2001, no one would ever consider suggesting uh, on a, on a, uh, this wasn't network TV per se. I mean, it was sort of a network, it was a new network, but let's say network TV, mm-hmm. uh, an abortion. No one would, that, that just would never have been considered at the time. And so it doesn't, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. they did it up, in the 70s on Maud, I mean, there was, a, well, she had an abortion and that was a sitcom. Right. But to do so would make it extremely controversial. Like it would have well, overshadowed the rest of the episode and made it a controversial thing. I well to actually do the abortion would have, but mm-hmm. to suggest that they did that in the season, second season opener on Next Gen, where the child, where uh, Deanna Troy gets pregnant right. by a ball of light, and, and Riker Worf is suggests- like, I, I I thought it was Riker, but it may be Worf, yeah. and Deanna just cuts it off and says, "I'm having this baby." Well, and they they yeah. could do something similar here. They could have, I suppose they did, but they didn't. In fact, I found that fascinating. Is yeah. it's not even suggested that they would no. 
uh, they would kill the ch- the the child, the, the embryo. It's 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 yeah. just right a given. It's nice. It's it's, it's, it's nice. It's in good shape. We can keep it. We can you know, etc. You know, and it's yeah. He says there's got to be a way to get this out of me without hurting it. Tucker yeah. says. I mean, it's just never considered. Yeah. Now and then, um, what Flock says is the is the creepy part to me is the embryo has integrated with your pericardium. I don't want to remove it because I don't think I can do it safely. And I'm going. The embryo has integrated with his pericardium, the sack <laughs> of fluid that surrounds your heart. Really? Yeah. Hey, I'm wor- not just worried about this, about the embryo. I'm worried about trip at this point. Yeah. If this thing's messing with growing right next to his heart. Right. Right. But of course, so when you see it, it really isn't. It's actually like the yeah. rib cage. Yeah. 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 Uh, although maybe it sends out like uh, tendrils, the, tendrils to in, yeah. puncture the pericardium. <laughs> so meanwhile, Trip starts starts acting like a nesting mommy uh, on board. He gets started getting all overprotective about things like, have you seen the safety railing? It's not safe. It's, <laughs> yeah. What if a child came into the engine room? <laughs> Or a I, short I like, alien. <laughs> I, I like the analysis he does, though. It's like, what if you put your hand here and came up? You'd take your, it'd take your fingers right off. And Actually, it would. Like, <laughs> it would. Yes, that is a bad safety design. And although they try to fix it by having the other engineers say, why would anyone put their hand there? Well, okay, so that's why there are safety features. Exactly. Do the stupid stuff. Right. Um, but I do like how Trip is freaking out all of a sudden about child safety features. <laughs> yes, that was. <laughs> That was a lot of fun. Um, and then we, we kind of cut forward to like after eight days, they still haven't found this Aurelian ship and Tucker's starting to show and he's start walking around in civilian clothes, like baggy civilian clothes to yep. kind of hide it. And uh, they start to think about, well, what'll happen if he gives birth? And and Flock says, you may be putting those nipples to use before you know it. Just as the captain steward walks into the dining room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> yeah i at this point you know trip is paranoid that that the seat because he asked archer and to paul and flocks not to tell anybody and right. he's become paranoid he thinks people are looking at him mm-hmm. which is like you're wearing civilian clothes on a ship dude <laughs> right, um right. so yeah they're they're looking at you but it's not because they think you're pregnant but trip is paranoid and thinks the secret has gotten out yeah, and so uh, in Archer, fact, he's, he thinks to Paul specifically leaked it deliberately, right? Which she did not. Um, so Archer is having some fun at his expense. He kind of brings up the uh, this is the first interspecies pregnancy involving a human, and he's like, yep. Yeah, why, yay, why, yeah, why? So they, they think they've tracked down this alien ship because remember, it's cloaked, so they have tr- some trouble tracking it down. Um, so when they get to where they think it is. They find a Klingon D7 battlecruiser, the classic from the original series, which uh, I was nice to see that. Um, and it turns out they their their engine is what apparently once again broken. These are really fragile Zerillion ships yeah, or yeah. just Tucker doesn't know what he's doing with the, their engines. And so they're hiding in the Klingons plasma wake. Uh, Klingons are, are going to be less understanding of people, cloaked ships hiding in their wake, messing with their ship. Yeah. Uh, the, but with the Klingon yeah, Enterprise, basically, thank you for calling that to our attention. Kill them, yes, exactly. Right. Uh, although they they fire warning shots at the Enterprise for us. Uh, 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 humans, we fire warning shots across the bow. They fire them at you. We, yeah. we don't destroy you, but we're gonna whack you one. Um, so they uh, Archer tries to reason with the Klingon. You know, hey, they're not they're they're peaceful, they're innocent. He doesn't really know Klingons yet, but to Paul. 
basically tells the Klingon that the Chancellor called Archer a man, the, the Klingon Chancellor called Archer a man of honor. And, and a Enterprise, brother. And a brother. And that Enterprise is the ship that returned Clang to the Empire and all this other stuff. And that gets him to at least pause. And then it's Tucker who convinces them, spare the civilians. They've got holographic technology that you're going to want. Yep. Yeah. Which I don't see why the Klingons and, wouldn't just and, take and, it and destroy and, them anyway. But And he's also got to prove that he's pregnant to them. So he lifts up his shirt to see where the alien bulge is growing and all the Klingons laugh. And <laughs> yes. it's, yes. It is funny. Yeah. Uh, oh, you, you, yeah, yes. Yeah. Th- that was actually. And, and also Reed's uh, expression, Reed and, uh, and Merriweather. Uh, both have funny expressions when they because they, they don't know at this point. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So they they manage to get uh, he gets on board. Uh, Tucker has to spend three hours on an airlock with uh, some Klingons. Should have brought that Game Boy, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, or you know, or, or like a game of Trivial Pursuit or something with play with the Klingons. Maybe that mm-hmm. would have been fun. Um, so the female alien, uh, Alen, she says, "Oh, it's still early enough to transfer the embryo to another host." So the I guess these aliens they they the way that they do this is the the, the female um, creates the you know, impregnates yeah. the embryo. The, the egg, all and the genetic transfers. matter comes from the female, and then the males are the host carriers. Right. Yep. Uh, so and, they, and in her defense, Alin says she had no idea this could happen with another species. So yeah. okay, good. You weren't trying to get trip pregnant, but still. You were having sex with an alien species yeah. without telling the alien species you without were having getting sex consent. with it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that a uh, little bit of me too uh, going on here. Uh, so in the yeah, in, so the the Klingon gets to experience the the hologram technology, and uh, the first thing he says is because they have a Klingon represent, uh, representation of the Klingon capital. The first thing the Klingon captain says is. I can see my house from here. I know. I love that. <laughs> it's like when you're flying line. over your home city in a plane. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of good. Um, and then uh, the, at the very end, as after we wrap things up and Tucker's back aboard and no longer carrying a child, uh, to Paul says to Tucker, that you, uh, I checked the records and you are the first human male to become pregnant. And I'm thinking, you oh, not, what a simpler not, time we used to live in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it's like not buying that. <laughs> yeah. Um between now and then there would have been multiple instances yeah. where an embryo was hosted in a male. Well, and frankly, I, what does it mean? We, 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 we already have movies it. about it. Yeah. We, we also have uh, people who are. Who yeah. Say that. they're. Yeah. Men yeah that's are, what we don't yeah. need to go too deep, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to get into that, but yeah, the records would, would show otherwise, but I'm just thinking what a simpler time we lived in back mm-hmm. then. So uh, and that and that about wraps it up. And, you know, uh, it's a it, there. Like I said, there's aspects of this episode that I like. I mean, I like the I, I like their their attitude toward the pregnancy and um, their that there was never a consideration that they would uh, abort the child. I, I love the humor, like making fun at Tucker's expense. I just thought that was priceless. So uh, so there was some good stuff there. Like you said, Jimmy, some of the dialogue was pretty clunky with the aliens. Yeah. A little uncomfortable. A lot of this this felt too compressed because they have to get us through all of these plot developments in 45 minutes or whatever. And yeah. so Trip has to act as a baby constantly. Right. Uh, throughout the whole thing. And until he until even after he gets pregnant, he's acting very childish through the whole episode. I understand that when this uh, plot was announced that uh, Connor Trenier was very excited to play this part because how often does a 
a male actor get to play a pregnancy. Yes. Um, and so he was really excited about that. And I understand that. But I just cringed because <laughs> I knew some of the problems this episode was going to have. And it did. Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, it, there are nice things about it. I For me, the nicest thing is probably the weirdness of the alien culture mm-hmm. and ship and everything. That's yeah. like something they haven't tried to go that weird since the original series when we had like the Medusa ambassador that if a human looks at it, you'll go crazy. Right. Mm. Um, this is like that, except we get to see more. And um, so I did like that. But the whole trip becomes pregnant is like, yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's interesting how this ep- the reception of this episode, some people, they thought it was the worst episode of the first season. Others say, oh, no, this was this pulls it off. It's a great blend of humor and, and et cetera. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting. Connor Trenier, speaking of his his uh, reaction to this story, he thinks that this episode helped make his character uh, easier to write for the writing staff. And that's why mm-hmm. his character grew in mm-hmm. the stories uh, as as the seasons went on, which I thought, thought is an interesting insight uh, there. Yeah. I I would say for me, this is kind of a mixed on a scale of one to 10. I'd maybe give it a four. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, The it's certainly not the worst episode of the series, though. That has to be a night in sick bay Mm. Uh, and closely followed by the series finale. Yes. Yeah. But night in sick bay is actually worse. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Uh, Father Corey, any uh, any last thoughts about this episode? Nope. Nope. Jimmy, anything left? Nope. All right. So uh, while while we're heading our way out, then I'll take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Trek, including this time Helen O, Michael S, Eric R, Patricia S, and Joseph S. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Trek and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. What do you think of Unexpected, this Enterprise episode? Uh, was it unexpected? <laughs> so mm. let us know by visiting sqpn.com slash Trek or the SQPN Facebook page and leave us some feedback there. Or you can send an email to Trek at sqpn.com. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the Star Trek Discovery first season episode, Context is for Kings. That's right, folks. We're going back to discovery we we want to cover that first season but we didn't get a chance to do that before now so uh we're we're going to go back to that episode context is for kings until then jimmy aiken thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of star trek thanks dom and live long and prosper father Corey stika thank you as well thank you dom and once again i'm dom bettinelli thank you for listening to the secrets of star trek on star quest and remember when in Philibia, do as the Philibians do <laughs> <laughs>